Yeah, by the way, I don't think any of these uh, names. Like, I don't want to get hit, like, run over by Hurricane Sally or Teddy or Vicky or Wilfred. Yeah, Wilfred's the intimidating one. I've got question. You guys have hot takes. All right. We ask again. PGA Tour Championship. Do you like this format for the FedEx Cup? Do you want something else? What do you got? Bill, uh, you know, they have been fiddling around with this thing since the beginning. I mean, they they don't seem to be able to get it right. However, I'll tell you that this format, to me, uh, I mean, I know what the PGA Tour is doing. You, you want to, you want to mm. take care of the guys that have played the best all year. Yeah, I get that. But I also think that what they want to do is see one of those top three or four guys win because that's what everybody's watching. This at least brings, and I, and I, Mark and I have had a conversation off air the other day about how far back do you think somebody can come? And I said three under par. Well, Rory was three under par and now he's nine under par. So uh, yeah, you can come back, but those guys in the last 10 are the same guys in the last 10, no matter what format, they're not going to be competitive. It, they cannot make up the ground. Just remember, our stat: Rory either has a bad first round or a bad fourth round. Uh, he had a good first round yesterday. Uh, Guess what that means? Loser. <laughs> this is Papa Rory, um, though. This yeah, is new Rory. That's right. Yeah, um, that's right. He's getting that Papa boost. <laughs> Maybe was his daughter's name Poppy? Poppy, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> not a fan of that one. Clearly, no. Um, <laughs> sounds like a heroin thing. I want anything. <laughs> I want anything but this. You know, I was, I was, what, what you I was just, thinking, just, I was thinking of some weird things to do to make it okay. more fun. I got to hear that. So, yes. you know, I was, I've always said I prefer match play in this scenario. Winner takes all. You know, so thirty-two guys would qualify in my scenario. But I was trying to make it more like, how do I get more people involved? How do I make it more fun? How do I, you know, like I said, you can. There's a there's no matter what you do, there's always a possibility that and and no disrespect to to Lanto Griffin or Mackenzie Hughes, but they're just not the well known names in the field. You know, in match play, you could end up with those two playing on Sunday afternoon for fifteen million dollars. Okay, you, you could st- you could still end up with them playing on Sunday afternoon in any format for fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's still a possibility, a small one, but it's still a possibility. You know, the cream usually does rise rise to the top when you're playing for fifteen million dollars, but. I was thinking, okay, so if I was going to do something exciting for match play, and I know they always, for TV, they want guys to play, you know, we want to see everybody. So, okay, you, you, you take 32 guys on Tuesday and Wednesday, you could have them play, you know, qualifying rounds to see who, you know, how you seed these guys. Or if you don't want to go down that road, how about that, you know, let's say, okay, so Dustin Johnson was the number one overall seed, right? Coming into this. We say, okay, Dustin, pick who you want to play. Ooh, you're on to something. So maybe you let the first, you know, so it, it, one through 16 get the pick. Now, obviously, 16 is going to get whoever's left. But let's just say, DJ, pick who you want. 16 going to end up with John Rahm. <laughs> well, no, f- number no, one. Ju- number two. That's D- right. DJ, pick who I'm you sorry, want, and right. he picks somebody. And, and then John Rahm, pick yeah. who you want. And then all the way down, now number 16 is going to get whoever's left. But and that he, would be kind of you know, interesting. And you know those lower guys are... PO'd because oh, yeah. they're being picked. DJ first, said he wants me in the first round. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll show him why. You, you know, know, that'd be, be kind of fun. Wish for, pal. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So submit that one to the tour. 
Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> LPGA drama. For those that missed it, Sofia Popov won the Women's Open a couple years ago. Will not get the five-year exemption or play in the ANA Inspiration next weekend due to the COVID rescheduling. What should be the standard for a tournament winner and a major winner? The same as it is on the PGA Tour. Two, two years of exemption. Uh, if you win a tournament, five years for a major. It should be exactly the same. I go deeper than that. So I say if you have any kind of co-event, so for instance, if they're playing the Open Championship and you get like the Barracuda, Barracuda or whatever it is, right. that's an off-major uh, off event, you get, you get the rest of the current season and the next season. Any regular tour event gets the rest of the current season and a two-year exemption. Any, for me, any major that you win gets you lifetime exemption into that major championship up to the age of 55. I mean, the Masters does it, the PGA does it, the Open Championship does it. The only one that doesn't do it is the U.S. Open right. for some strange reason. So I'm saying you get in for 55. Because the USGA thinks they're all that. Plus you get a five-year <laughs> exemption to the PGA Tour. So you get the current year plus five. But my thing is, if you win another major, you get five years tacked on to that. They don't currently do that. It mm -hmm. Currently, it resets your exemption. I say you add it on. So let's say you win the U.S. Open, then three years later you win another U.S. Open, and you only had two years left in your exemption. Now you got seven, seven years. years yeah. So to me, that makes a lot more sense. Plus, I also like the twenty wins on any tour exempt. gets you full lifetime exemption to the age of fifty-five. Nowadays, to the age, everything should be to the I, age I, of fifty-five. I was going to say nowadays, but you know, it has always been impossible. I mean, really, really hard to win twenty events on the PGA Tour. Yes, it's crazy yes, hard. it is. Yeah. Speaking of the U.S. Open, we'll talk with 84 champ Fuzzy Zeller at 8.40 this morning. But looking forward to it, we always talk about Phil's 72nd hole debacle in 2006 back at Wingfoot. But was Monty's adrenaline-influenced decision-making worse? I was so <laughs> into that round. And Monty's out there, and he's got a 7. He, I think he changed from a 7 to a 6 to a 7 because he thought he had adrenaline going. <laughs> yes. Which happens. But... I got to tell you, man, um, he laid the sod over that thing like I've never seen. And then, <laughs> then he looks up there and says, what was that? You know, like, like I mean, he totally missed this shot. So, yeah, I think it was just as bad and maybe worse. I think it was worse because, you know, <laughs> Phil had hit it all over creation. I, I actually watched this week the, uh, the oh, it was 06, right? Yeah. I watched it. I watched like the last hour of it. And let me tell you, it was hideous to watch off the tee for Phil. If yeah. you think he's wild now, go back and watch oh, 06. No. He hit two fairways in the last round and was somehow still hovering around even par <laughs> yeah. with a couple holes to play. Um, and to your point, Monty, on his worst hole in that golf course, because it was a dog leg left, right. he hit an absolutely pristine tee shot. Perfect. And had six iron in his hand all the way up until 15 seconds before it was his turn to hit. And they flash the camera over to him, and he's he's standing Changing behind clubs, the ball, yeah. and he walks over, takes out a seven. Yep. And to your point, I don't know if he mishit it or what, but he just it was the wrong club, came up short right, which is the worst yep. place you could hit it, and ended up three putting and making six. You know, and then and then here's the thing is that you know Jeff Ogilvie in the next group has about a six, seven, seven footer right. for par and yeah. makes it yeah. because he's going to be now the leader in the clubhouse, which if Monty makes that, it's a little different story for because yeah. now he's got to make that putt and tie. Right. So there was a whole different dynamic going on. And then Phil, you know, Phil hit a, the, the tee shot wasn't the problem. It was the second shot yeah. that was a problem That's for right. Phil. 
Then, because you know you can't miss right, you have to miss left. So he tries to miss the next one left, and he buries it in the ball. And it just was, you know. But that's how he played all day long. And the funny thing is, it's going to be interesting because if you go back and look at 06, the rough was really long, except in the middle. Right. Uh, in in the trees right. where, where all the patrons were walking, they trampled it all down. And you watch where Phil hit it all day long. Phil was hitting it so bad, it was ending it was up in the trampled down lies. spot. Yeah, he was right. getting good lies. Yeah. That ain't going to happen this time around. No, not at so, all. By the way, and have I ever let you down at Wingfoot? I love that commercial. <laughs> love it. Multiple major winners. Who's the most unlikely multiple major winner? I had to research this. I'm sure you did. He put his crack staff on it. I had three. But they worked overtime. I had three people, but I but I ended up with John Daly. Mm. Um, you know the PGA, which was a, I mean that was an incredible his first ever round. win on tour. Yeah. His first, first win ever, ever event on tour, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and then the Open Championship with the with the four hole playoff um, in '95. In Constantino uh, Roca. The big Italian choker. Uh, <laughs> that's what I've always said. Um, so yeah, I think it's daily. You know, I looked at I looked at uh, David Graham, uh, but but really, John Daly. Now that we know that the way John Daly is, I mean, he's just a he, it's, it's more he's a train wreck. Yeah. It's really amazing. He won two majors. I'm going um, commentator Andy North, and Andy North has three. Wins on the PGA Tour. Two of them are U.S. Opens. You know, so he he wins the American Express Westchester Classic in 1977 over the tall, gangly George Archer, mm-hmm. and then he wins the 1978 U.S. Open over J.C. Sneed and Dave Stockton, and then he wins the 85 U.S. Open, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, right. over Dave Barr, T.C. Two Chip Chen, and Dennis Watson. How about how about those five that he beat? Yeah. Sneed, Stockton, Barr, Chung, uh, Chen, and Watson. Yeah, some names. Some some definitely middle of the road guys. You know when it comes to it. So yeah. I, I I mean three wins overall, two are major championships by far. The guy, and by the way, only won one time on the Champions Tour, and that was a best ball event with Tom Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Last one for you guys. Since your NBA and NHL picks have been so spot on, oh yeah, let's get your NFL division <laughs> winners. This will here. be just as spot on when we <laughs> go back and look at it. You know, in three months, uh, Saints in the South that doing NFC, Dallas in the East. Ooh, yeah, San Fran in the West. Ooh, yeah. this is all chalk so far. Going all, you know. Well, really, because hey. I would have thought it was Seattle. Hey, keep uh, going, Minnesota. Yeah, more chalk, really. Houston. Yeah, there's the mm. fun one. Colts are the chalk there. That's an upset pick. Texas. Patriots. Okay. Mm. Cam Newton, QB one. Um, you know, Bill Belichick. Whether he's, I think he might be lying, but he was, he was just rag. He, he was. He's all, the captain. Uh, he was all over Cam. Of course, Newton. he's the captain. The quarterback has to be a captain on offense. Do you I'm really sorry. think so? Yes. Uh, and Typically. I, and I, I didn't. I ran out of time. Was so he I don't, a captain in Carolina? Cam? Yeah. 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 Sure. He and Olsen and keep going. And Keekly. Uh, I don't have any more. You're the Ravens, <laughs> don't you? Or the Chiefs. You probably uh, well, have the Chiefs. No, I the assume. Chiefs for sure. Yeah. Uh, NFC, Philly. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. Green Bay. Wow. Mm, Greeny's got some upsets. New Orleans. Okay. Seattle. I'm more San Francisco, no okay. way. Uh, Kansas City. Okay. Houston. Mm. Baltimore. And Buffalo, New England. <laughs> Buffalo, New England. So this is going to be close again. 
No, I think it's going to be more epic that the Bills uh, Miami, have, have, New thought, England. have thought all along that they are going to be the uh, the new uh, juggernaut <laughs> in the AFC East. And it, it, it will just be even more epic if they if they aren't. <laughs> I mean, I'm pulling for them. Right. Because I think Buffalo being relevant. Again, there are certain teams, and the heck with Miami. I, I hate Miami. But there are certain teams, does. again, in the NFL that need to be relevant. And, you know, the Steelers need to be relevant. The Cowboys and Buffalo, for me, is kind of one of those teams that's just... You watch they're the They're lovable games. losers, man. They're lovable losers. Nobody so. circles the wagons like the it Buffalo It goes Hills. all the way back to, to missing all the, yeah. losing all those Super Bowls. Questions right? today brought to you by Encore Golf. Join the revolt. Encore Golf has brought true innovation to the golf ball world. It's spelled O-N-C-O-R-E. Go to EncoreGolf.com, order the Avant Elixir or the new Vero X1. Encore, the official ball of the Golf Shop Radio Show.